At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We come to you this morning in just solemn, solemn grievance as uh, as two of our Razball favorites have have suffered injuries. Wander Franco and Jordan Alvarez injured. We're waiting to see what happens here, Gray. This is the Razball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. By the way, I am B Don. That's Gray Albright. Gray, are you are are you doing okay? Are are you hanging in there? Just once. Can I figure out what I've been doing wrong? Wander Franco, man, and Jordan Alvarez. This is awful. This is really like, this is terrible. This is like, what? what is life, really? <laughs> what is this? What are we doing here? Why are, why, why are we suffering? Why, why do we suffer? Why would... Why would we be put on this earth to suffer? <laughs> this is like uh, this is like translated straight out of the Torah. <laughs> this is not, it's not. I mean, this is really just like so painful. You know, honestly, like the Wander Franco. I as I go over in my um, in my roundup for the weekend news. <sighs> The weekend news. I sent who am I, Dennis Miller? As I go over in the uh, in the roundup on the uh, the Wander Franco injury, you know, on the player Raider, I think he was like 250th overall. So he, I mean, I have him in a bunch of leagues, leagues that I'm doing okay in. No thanks to him. So losing him is going to be like not I mean not ideal. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to lose Wander Franco. I was hoping he would come on and do well. But I mean losing Jordan Alvarez if uh if we do lose him for an extended period of time, that's uh, going to be uh, that's going to be the, the the old crusher. <laughs> that's going to that's going to be like the old molar ram reaching into my chest and pulling out my heart and and holding up the beating heart. It's just like if, if we lose Jordan Alvarez for an extended period of time, I don't know, man. This <laughs> is not going to be good at all. I 
I have Jordan Alvarez in so many. I mean, he's carrying me in so many leagues. Uh, it's so. I mean, it's so frustrating that like as as we record this, we should say that we don't know how bad Jordan Alvarez's injury is. So. Uh, hopefully it's just like they're going, you know, the latest I heard was the Astros sent him back to Houston to have his hand checked out. That does not sound good at all, but I don't know. Maybe they'll do x-rays or whatever you do with hands. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe he'll, you know, it'll come back and it'll be like, oh, it's just sore. It's just a little bit of swelling and it'll be okay. You know, it's not, it won't be a major thing. And, you know, with Wander Franco, like I said, I mean, we know for a fact Wander Franco is going to be out for a while. And, I mean, it sucks. It really does. But, like I said, I I don't think anyone was really counting on Wander Franco for so far this year. So, you know, whatever you've done to fill in for him up to this point, just keep doing it because he ain't coming back. Yeah, I mean, Wander was doing doing fine for real baseball. Um, you know, he wasn't striking out. He was he's taking his walks. Um, actually, walk rate wasn't even that high. But you know, you definitely had some expectations that he was going to kind of find it again and, and figure it out. But yeah, Jordan Alvarez is a huge loss. I mean, he's twenty six home runs. He's hitting over three hundred runs and RBIs Run for days. I mean, it, it could be a big loss. We don't know yet on Jordan. We're still waiting to hear what that he's looks a, like. He's like, uh, I mean, Jordan Alvarez right now is top four overall on the player Raider. And, uh, you know, we'll go over, I think next week we'll go over, yeah, next week we'll go over my top 100. Uh, that'll be the uh, the podcast next week. And, uh, I mean, Jordan Alvarez, I don't, I don't know where I have him ranked right now but he's definitely i mean i don't know i i mean it depends on what the news is you know if uh the news is good i could still see putting Jordan alvarez in the top 20 or so even though he is you know going to be starting the second half on the il if his hand is okay wander franco's done i mean i feel like outside of maybe like, you know, obviously in a keeper in a, a dynasty, you hold on to him. But outside of, like, leagues deeper than a 15-teamer, I don't think Wander Franco's even – like, even in a 15-teamer mixed league, I don't think Wander Franco's worth holding on to. I mean, what do you think? I, I mean, I don't think he is. Yeah, I mean, it always just depends. If you have IL spots open, you know, there's there's a lot – you know, worse ways to use your IL than than holding on to Franco. But yeah, even if even if it's six weeks, if his if his injury takes six weeks to heal from, that's another week, two weeks in in rehab in the minors. Um, so either way, you're kind of looking at eight weeks. So it's eight to ten realistically, which puts us September tenth, September fifteenth, somewhere in that range. So yeah, I mean, we're looking at him maybe having two weeks of play. Yeah, if you're in a roster crunch, if you don't have IL spots, you have guys that are coming back sooner that they can give you production. Then yeah, I think you're. I'm with you. The Wander's not necessarily hold in a redraft straight format where you know again he's not coming back for until the very end of the season. Right. Yeah. No. Completely. I think if like Wander Franco 
so even if he comes back like September one, it's still like you in redraft leagues, unless it's a super deep redraft league, you can find someone to replace Wander Franco for the last month of the season. I I don't see any reason in like a fifteen team mixed league or shallower. Unless, like you said, you have like an IL slot and you're like, okay, I, I can, you know, I can stash them for now. But, nah, man, you've got some good fortune if you have IL slots at this point. Yeah, I mean, like, say in our RCLs, we have three bench spots, three IL spots. So in that kind of league, you really do have to have that spot open. And even then, he's probably going to get booted out at some point for somebody else. And you just have to kind of accept that. Um but yeah, Jordan, you're hanging on to until we get more news. Hopefully it is better than the news we got from Wander. Um, you know, we'll talk about a couple of the guys that have uh, come in to fill their 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 spots in the lineups, or not, not necessarily their spots in the lineup, but, uh, you know, that are getting playing time because of those absences and the waiver wire. Um, but yeah, that's that sucks. I know that Jordan's on a number of my teams, as you mentioned, Wander as well, but Wander, you know, he's he's kind of been in and out of the lineup for for most of our teams as is because, especially in a shallow league, you can find shortstop, middle infield all over the place. Yeah, no, definitely. I think on our uh, uh, shout out to our YouTube channel. Hey, what's up, YouTube channel? <laughs> YouTube.com <laughs> backslash Rasball Fantasy. On the on that, uh, I did a video with Billy talking about replacements for Wander Franco. So people can go there and subscribe, please. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but some of the guys I mentioned, I think I mentioned like Jose, uh, not Jose, um, Josh Rojas was one guy. Uh, Andres Jimenez is still oddly available in some leagues. Uh, Ahmed Rosario. Uh, you know, and in, in non guardian, non guardian leagues, um, Paredes on the Rays is uh, is probably a decent bet to keep playing now. Um, and then uh, yeah, they're also the Rays called up a guy. You want to go over him? Yeah, we can go over him. I was just gonna throw a few more names since we were already kind of throwing out some names for replacements. Um, in in some other leagues, Jonathan Scope has been stealing bases. Um, almost at a John Birdie level uh, recently. Jose Iglesias has been getting more playing time. Ellis Andrews puts together like a week and a half of good play, and then he sucks for a week and a half. So if you just kind of ride the curve, you'll get kind of ter- mediocre production from Elvis Andrews. So just I'm a, a actually, few more. I'm convinced, I'm convinced that like so MLB did some sort of weird tie-in with the Elvis movie and Elvis Elvis Andrews. I, I, I don't believe that's out of nowhere. I think there's something going on. <laughs> They're giving him the 2019 balls. And... Yeah, yeah. this is like when uh, they, they covered the uh, second base with like a web for a Spider-Man tie-in. There's, <laughs> there's something weird going on here. Yeah. Also, I also, I wanted to say like Jonathan Scope, the fact that he's stealing bases like – I think almost nine and a half years into his career, and now he's stealing bases. What was he doing for the last nine and a half years, man? But like, he could have stolen a base, like going back the last decade. Ah, man, that guy pissed me off. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know where they came from. Like he hasn't really stolen all year, and then all of a sudden he puts a four. 
And what? in 10 days, like in 10 days, he's put the four stolen bases. What kind of crap is that? All of a sudden, he can run? What are you doing, man? You on greenies? What's going on, bro? Apparently, you know, the Cleveland Chicago White Sox back-to-back is just where you need to target your stolen bases because even Jonathan Scope can steal against Cleveland and Chicago White Sox right now. No. Yeah, seriously. All right. So, yeah, you want to talk about the Rays prospect coming up. Let's talk about Jonathan Aranda, uh, number 84 overall on the itches list. As he writes, oh, look, it's a well-rounded, ready-now raised prospect with loud outcomes. Um, I almost listed him as a first baseman because that's where he's been more often than not this season. Uh, Jonathan Aranda is coming up. He triple A this year in 72 games, 13 home runs, four stolen bases, 53 runs, 57 RBIs, 330, 403, 546, 19.7% K rate, 9.8% walk rate. I mean, he's he's been great this year, as as Itch mentions. He he has some some high outcomes potentially, and he's he's good across the board here. Um, what do you think of Aranda? Where what kind of leagues are you potentially looking at picking him up in? Um, just about zero. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I, well, you know. <laughs> I think, uh, well, I mean, his name sounds too much like Jonathan India, first of all. (laughs) That's a a problem, okay? (laughs) But, you know, like the Rays also had, uh, let's see, Videl Brujan. Oh, yeah, he's going to be great. Oh, great. Oh, oh, okay, Josh Lowe. Oh, yeah, he's going to be awesome. Oh, Josh Lowe, (laughs) terrific. Oh, let's see, who else? Oh, like, you know, the Rays have tantalized me too many times now. I'm not falling for another banana in the tailpipe of the race team. This is it's enough already. Like they're they're liars in Tampa Bay. Uh yeah, I don't know. I mean I was saying in uh in the roundup again that's gonna be out on uh Monday morning, I, I think I compared him to like a uh like a real young cheap potential tie France uh, as a uh, like what he could do. So he's got some power uh, and he's got a really good hit tool. So he could hit probably, you know, he could probably hit 280 with uh, neutral luck. I, I don't trust the Rays honestly to play him. They just they, like Kevin cash specifically, they just don't play guys like, you know, they platoon guy, they platoon everyone and, and the prospects they do call up, are rarely played. I mean, look at Videl Bruhan or uh, Josh Lowe. I mean, both of them are, you know, I mean, they were really highly touted. And the, the Bruhan got sent down. Lowe is just like, I mean, he is basically a platoon guy. He actually, he homered on Sunday. So maybe that's the start of something. But yeah, I don't I don't trust Kevin Cash to play uh, Arenada. And even if the, he does play him, I don't know if he's really going to like to say a guy's going to be good right out of the jump and also get everyday playing time. Like you pro I mean, he might be fine, but you might also just be better off grabbing like a Josh Rojas in most leagues, you know, like it's like you're chasing upside on a guy who a might not play and B if he does play, I mean, he's a rookie, so you might not get anything from him. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty down on Arenada. I think he could be fine, but 
I, I'm not picking him up anywhere, to be totally honest. Yeah, I think you could yeah. grab him in deeper leagues. I'd say 15 teams and beyond because he, he, you're right. He's probably going to end up getting platooned in, in one way or another. I don't know where that ultimately looks like for him if he ends up playing some first, second, third I mean, honestly, the first, uh, you know, sorry not to interrupt, but like if he's a, I mean, he's a lefty. So immediately there's no way he's ever playing against lefties. I mean, that's (laughs) totally off the table. There's no, there's no way cash will ever play a lefty versus a lefty. I mean, he didn't even, you know, there's guys that have been in the league forever that he he won't play uh, just because they're a lefty, you know? Uh, So, I mean, that alone He's out, he's automatically going to be out against lefties. Uh, whether he plays against righties, I don't even know if that's going to happen. Uh, anyway, you you were saying? Oh, I was just saying he's played first, second, and third, so he could potentially play at a number of spots to get him in the lineup. Uh, Yandy's a righty, uh, Paredes is a righty, so there's there's potential spots where he can fit in the lineup. Uh, I think Harold Ramirez is is one of the DHs right now for them. He's a righty. Um, along with anybody else, you know, that that's on the raised bench, could always, always coming up and moving in wherever. But yeah, he can move around, so he could potentially get some interesting eligibility. So that's that's something I, I guess in deeper leagues. But yeah, I'm worried about the split as far as him playing time, and just like the upside that we're chasing here isn't like a top ten, top twenty prospect. He's still top hundred, so there's there's still upside. You're definitely there's I'm not saying he's devoid of that, but we're not talking about like must be rostered because he's a, he's going to change the world here. Uh, I say that he's probably going to go off and be crazy this year, but that's, that's just my thought. I'm, I'm with you. It's not like a 10 team shallow league guy. Right. Agreed. All right. Let's talk about the Boston Red Sox top pitching prospect, Brian Bello between double A and triple A this year, 14 starts, 85 innings, 233 ERA, 103 whip, 12.1K per nine, 3.5 walk per nine, 97 mile per hour sinker, change up, slider, three pitch offering. Itch, itch, itch hates pitching prospects, as is everybody in the prospect realm, because, you know, one arm injury and all of a sudden their value just tanks. But, you know, he is the top pitching prospect in, in the Boston system. What are you thinking about here with Brian Bello? Are you adding him in le- uh, leagues more so than um, Aranda? It's uh, it's Bayo. Bayo, uh, okay. I, yeah, which I, I it doesn't look like it, but it is, which I know because I streamed him uh, for his last start, and that went awful. <laughs> <laughs> that yes. kind of went. That it kind went, of went worse. <laughs> So yeah, so I so I know how to say his name because that's what I was screaming while he was pitching. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he is. Uh, I mean, his stuff didn't look good when he was able to command it. He wasn't able to command much of anything in that one start. Uh, you know, I honestly don't know how long he's going to be in the rotation. Maybe he stays in it. Like if he pitches well the next time out, maybe he stays in, his, in the rotation. But I kind of doubt it because if the Red Sox are in the in contention, which they are, they're probably gonna go out and get somebody. I mean, I don't know who. I don't know who's on the market, but someone. I don't know. I mean, Jose Quintana is gonna be pitching for the Red Sox maybe <laughs> in August. I don't know. I, I honestly have no clue. But I doubt 
if uh, Bayo stays as you know, if he looks as bad as he did last time, it's probably going to be his last thought, last time out in the rotation for you know maybe for the year. I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I, I don't think he's long for the rotation. And if he is, then maybe, maybe in a fifteen-team mixed league, but more than likely. Uh, it's like you're looking at matchups no matter where he's starting. Um, you know, no matter no matter what league you're in, you're probably looking at matchups. Even like even in a 15 team mixed league, if he stays in the rotation, you're probably gonna you're probably gonna like pull him out of the lineup if he's going against someone a, a good team. So yeah, I, I'm not really you know I, I'm kind of with itch on this when it comes to like pitching prospects. I mean, you're better off with like uh, I know we're gonna go, we're gonna get to them in a little bit, but you're better off with a guy like a a Cueto or a Quintana versus like a Bayo, you know? Yeah, you are just kind of chasing in in the pitching prospect realm. Um, obviously, we've seen some that come up and do well, the, especially when they have just incredible stuff like Bayo does. Um, he can he can get away with it, especially upon coming up. But yeah, he just didn't have control. I think I'm probably a little bit higher on him than you are. Just more of a sit and wait and see if this kind of pans out. I mean, it's not like they have obvious choices at the current moment to take a spot, but they have a number of pitchers coming back. They got Sale, Rich Hill, Ivaldi, Waka, all on the IL right now, all coming back. So it is a short-term thing, likely. Uh, again, if he if he comes up and, and pitches much better than that first first go-around, which is... Very possible. Could have just been nervous first outing. Um, I think he could lock up a spot because I don't think they're necessarily committed to anybody in that rotation necessarily. Uh, it's not like anybody other than Sale is like is paid like they have to be given a, a rotation spot. So um, if Bayo continues or does show something, I think uh, he's a little bit more worthwhile. Uh, but still definitely not something that you have to hold on to if you're if you're making moves or if you're using them as kind of the streaming option right at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. All right, let's talk about a couple of the Chicago outfielders returning on both sides of Chicago. Eloy, Eloy is finally back. Um, he's looked okay. The, the numbers don't really show it yet from a production standpoint on our side from fantasy, but he's hitting the ball well. Um, are you buying the rest of season if if somebody's down on him at all, or is this a situation where, you know, he's 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 just been injured for so long, it's kind of hard to really trust him to to step right back into it at least. Yeah, I, I mean, he was like a guy who I struggled with a little bit when I was ranking him in the top one hundred. Uh, he is in the top one hundred. Um, that's not giving too much away. I hope because. I mean, he is, you know, if he's healthy, he is worth, I think, a top 100 pick. But where, you know, even if he is like, uh, I don't know, if he's healthy and he gets 250 at-bats the rest of the way, 
what does that translate to really like you know it's i don't know maybe maybe 15 homers and a 265 270 average i mean it's not bad is uh you know he really like dramatically different than like a lot of other guys who you can probably get off of waivers i don't know maybe it depends on you know it depends on how hot uh a rob refschneider gets or something (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like it it kind of depends on your league and i do like eloy uh still i would probably even trade for him because you know if he stays healthy he's in a decent spot in a good lineup to get counting stats and you know probably you know like i said maybe 15 homers uh won't kill you necessarily in average. He doesn't give you any speed. So he's, he's fine. I, I, you know, I like Eloy. I'm in a, for a short, I like him more short term, knowing that he's healthy going into the second half. I mean, assuming he stays healthy, which I guess we shouldn't assume with Eloy, but assuming he stays healthy, he's, I mean, he, he's probably worth a top 50 to 70 overall type uh, if you were redrafting in the second half, uh, you know, I don't necessarily think he's going to be like amazing. Like I don't see like an Aaron judge half coming from him. Uh, unfortunately, I, I think he's probably like, if you were redrafting in March and he was going to be healthy all year, I feel like you can't really project him for more than like 30 homers and a 265, 275 average with zero steals, which is good. I mean, that's definitely worthwhile, but that's starting to sound a lot more like he's a number three-ish, you know, a number two to number three outfielder versus like the number one, I think we thought we were going to get like, you know, coming into like, you know, going into like 2021, I guess, you know, I, I, that sort of shine has worn off for me. I mean, maybe he gets there again at some point, but at this point, I don't, I'm not really like, I'm not sold on Eloy being a number one outfielder anymore. I mean, I, I would have to, at this point, I think I have to see it to believe it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think he's, I think he's fine as a one. If you're, you know, if you've kind of built up around him or at other positions, uh, you know, I do think he's probably good for, for average and power when he's healthy. My concern is he's just, he's just not, I don't think he's healthy yet. Um, he's already sat out Saturday for general soreness. Not great, but not unexpected. Um, let's talk about some guys here. Would you take him or Ryan Mountcastle? Who's kind of that pace, like two seventy five. general, general, sore, general soreness was, uh, my commander in the rot in the ROTC in the high school. <laughs> if, you, if you believe Gray Albright was in ROTC in high school, you get you you'll fall for anything. <laughs> Would I take who Eloy or who uh, Ryan Mountcastle? Ah uh, man, <laughs> that's a tough one. You know, I think I I think I have Mountcastle above uh, Eloy in the. Uh, in my top 100, I don't know though. They're super close, you know. Like Mountcastle actually. So this is kind of interesting. In a uh, in a, a side note, uh, Mountcastle was a guy who people mocked me for drafting in um, in November in my first NFBC league. 
in November, I drafted Mountcastle. And there's a, there's a lot worse picks I made in retrospect. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not saying that team is doing well. But people mocked me for taking Mountcastle back in November at like 75 overall. And, you know, as I was re-ranking my top 100 now, I feel like Mountcastle is still like around the top 75 guy. Like, I, like we'll talk about this next week, but I don't know. If, like, Mountcastle's not bad. I mean, it sucks that the Orioles moved the fences back out of Maryland. So <laughs> that's not good. But Mountcastle's not bad either. Like, I almost feel like I take Mountcastle. Like, it depends on the size of the league. Like, if it's a deeper league, I think you take Mountcastle because he's safer than Eloy because Mountcastle stays on the field. But if it's a shallower league, I could see going for the Eloy upside. They're super close, though. You know, all that said, they're close. Yeah, I think I agree. I think that's well put is, you know, the the league is going to matter because – I think Mountcastle's health, plus his dual eligibility, he's first base outfield, whereas Eloy's going to be for outfield only, um, you know, that helps in the deeper league. So there's definitely some certainty. Uh, but, yes, I do believe Eloy's upside's higher. I think he can hit for better average. I think uh, the power in in Chicago's better. So I, I just think he's, he's a better player overall, um, at least until Mountcastle gets out of Baltimore since they just decided just to destroy everybody's power in Baltimore. Although it hasn't affected Mountcastle as badly. Um, let's talk about the other side of Chicago. Say Suzuki, our, our golden boy, has finally returned. Dice return so far. Uh, 22 plate appearances, 7 hits, 2 home runs. I mean, he, he, he probably actually hasn't hit the ball as hard in his return as, as we've seen from... Um, Eloy, although his numbers look better, but, you know, again, the numbers look better on Suzuki. What do you think in rest of the season? Yeah, I was actually just, when you were, uh, when you're talking there, I was looking up uh, Seiya Suzuki on the player Raider, and, whoo, that's not good. (laughs) Oh, man, that's bad, actually. Uh, He's about as valuable as uh, Trent Grisham. Remember that name? Wow. Uh, At 380 overall on the player Raider, obviously, Grisham hasn't been hurt for six weeks, <laughs> so that's even that's even worse for him. Uh, Suzuki's right there with like uh, Miles Straw. Oh God, Javier Baez. Man, these are some sad names down here at near four hundred overall. Oh, Lucas Giolito. Ouch. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, Suzuki. Uh, I mean, I think he's actually, you know, because of Wrigley's so good for like, you know, in the summer, uh, July, August. So it's so nice to uh, for guys in Wrigley. I think there could be a little bit of opportunity for Suzuki to have like a decent second half. I don't know if he's got like, uh, you know, he's he, he doesn't have like I don't think he has 15 homer half type power. I think. Probably, I would say maybe 11 to 12 homers. You know, it's it's close enough to 15, I guess. But like 11 to 12 homers and a half hit like maybe 260 with uh, maybe five steals. That's not bad. I think that's uh, that's probably near top 100 overall for a second half. That's it's not terrible. I I don't necessarily I wouldn't go out and trade for Suzuki because 
I don't believe in the upside as much as I did in the preseason. Now that I've seen what he's able to do, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe he shocks us and has a great second half, but I've definitely cooled a little bit on uh, Suzuki. I, I don't I don't know if it's there anymore, like this huge upside that we were all anticipating. Uh, he hasn't done it in like really outside of like a first week of the season. And, you know, when he first returned from the IL, uh, maybe he needs like four months off in between at bats. I don't know. <laughs> that ain't going to work, though. So, uh, yeah, I- I'm OK with Suzuki as like a third or fourth outfielder. I no longer believe in him as like a first or second. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're. I'm probably pretty close to where you are. I, I'm probably giving him a little bit more credit. Maybe that's just me being a homer as a Cubs fan. Um, as you mentioned, I mean, he's hit 279 in, in April with four home runs. Um, so far in six games, you know, he's had two home runs. So in it was really in that May period. I, I'm giving him a little bit of a pass for adjustments, maybe being injured and trying to play through it uh, as well. So... Giving him a small pass there. I think I'm still, I still like Saya. I'd still roster him. I'd, I'd still go ahead and pick him up. Um, I do think 15 home runs and a half is probably on the high end for him. You know, that 30 home run mark is probably on the higher end for him. That's kind of what he was doing in Japan. Uh, so I would say, you know, like you said, 10 like to 15 said, is, 10 the to right is the right area. Yeah, I would say, like, in the preseason, I probably thought of him as, like, a 27 to 30 homer guy. Now I'd see him more as probably, like, a 22 homer guy. So that's, that's a de- that's like, 11 homers per half. So, I mean, hey, look at me with the big-time math. But, yeah, I mean, it's, like, that's a different – like, 22 homers in a, in a season versus 30 is a pretty big difference, even if it doesn't sound like it. Like, that's a – you know, that's that's a pretty large difference. So, yeah, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I will say all it would take is one good day in Wrigley, though, and all of a sudden he can get, you know, a, a couple of a couple <laughs> of good, good home run days, uh, and then all of a sudden those numbers look better. So that's what that's I'd say. I, I think with just the summer coming, I think there's a little bit of upside here with Seiya, so I'm not giving up yet. Somebody who used to get, get the advantage of – Wrigley Summers, who now has maybe the only place better to hit other than Wrigley in the summer, is Chris Bryant. Uh, I remember that guy. Is this what it was supposed to look like the whole time in in Colorado? (laughs) 11 games since returning, four home runs, 341, 383, 682. I mean, he's looked great now. Are we we back in on Chris Bryant here? I know you've always kind of of not been in on him, but I I do think you – at least uh, livened up a little bit when he got traded to Colorado. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I kind of see why the Rockies gave him an eight-year deal for $500 million. <laughs> I mean, it makes more sense. By the way, someone commented on YouTube about us, uh, our uh, what we were saying, like our the deal. <laughs> the deal for somebody? I forget who it was now. There was a contract was that we mentioned. Oh, right, Freeman. Yeah, I don't know anyone's contract. Don't come to this podcast asking, <laughs> looking for contract information. I don't know. I, am I sportstrack.com? No, I don't know. <laughs> Freeman. Yeah. People were like mad that like, I think we said <laughs> 400 million. <laughs> I don't 
don't. I was. You ever hear of hyperbole, people? <laughs> uh, anyway, Chris Bryant. I, you know, I think, I think he's actually. Uh, yeah, no, I did. I warmed to him for sure when he moved to Colorado. Like, I wouldn't have gave him three hundred million over eight years, <laughs> whatever his contract is. I wouldn't have gave that to him, but I did like him in Colorado. I do like him still in Colorado if he's healthy. Sure, I mean he's he's like I also liked Randall Grecheck. <laughs> that didn't work out so good. I mean, <laughs> it, Colorado's good. Coors is good. It's not. I mean, that's not like rocket science. I mean, that's what it is. Uh, is Chris Bryant gonna be like um, you know the second half MVP for teams? I don't think so. But stranger things have happened. Like like you said. I mean, Coors in the summer. If Bryant went on a streak where he hit like, you know, 17 to 20 homers and a half because Colorado is so favorable, it honestly wouldn't shock me. I mean, it's possible. I think more realistically is he has a good couple weeks and then he gets injured again because lower backs, you know, it can act up at any time. So I don't I don't think I I wouldn't go out and spend you know, a high, uh, I wouldn't spend a lot in a trade to get Brian, but if you got him, I mean, or if you can get him for, you know, relatively inexpensively, I guess it's fine as a, uh, as, as trade guy, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's okay. He's Chris Bryant. Everyone knows who Chris Bryant is at this point. All right, let's, let's go, let's go with a little, who would you rather have? Let's say standard 12 team league, like seven man, five, seven man benches, um, let's talk about those four, these four outfielders we've talked about here. Chris Bryant, Eloy Jimenez, Ryan Mountcastle, and Seiya Suzuki. Rest of season. Mm, man. Uh, I'd probably go with Eloy. It, again, it, it depends on the league size, but I think if you're looking for like who can be the best, I think Eloy can have the best second half. I think uh, probably going to look at Mountcastle 2, Bryant 3, but... I mean, Brian could easily be number one if he gets hot in cores. I, I think Bryant is probably three uh, only because of cores where, say, uh, Suzuki, like his injury was fluky, and I don't think he's necessarily injury prone. So I would say, say, uh, Suzuki has a, a, a strong chance of being better than Chris Bryant in the second half. It's just... You know, if you're looking for a gamble on whether or not Brian can be good in the second half, I think Brian has a better chance of being good because of Coors. But Suzuki is probably safer. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Brian put up MVP-style numbers, so we know that's that's in there if he just gets hot. You know, that that's kind of what we're looking at and the the difference there. yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty much in line with all that. I think Eloy's the highest upside right now. I'd say I would probably say if we're just looking pure upside, I think Bryant's probably got more than Mountcastle. Um but with the back injury, you know, I think I think you gotta move Mountcastle slightly above Bryant just because of the safety factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Alright, so let's talk about Tyler O'Neill here. Uh he was he was rehabbing, he got hit by a pitch during rehab. Um <laughs> MRI revealed a tear, so there's we got about just you know we're waiting to hear news officially as to how bad it is, what's going to happen. 
I mean, oh man, yeah. What is going to happen? It's, a tough, it was a, it's been a tough year for Tyler O'Neill owners to begin with, and now this. I mean, what do you? Is it? Uh, what are we doing here with that? Let's talk about Amy Winehouse. My Amy Winehouse coaster. Let me let me see if she has any information <laughs> but, as to what's going to happen. Yeah. So without any <laughs> with, with, uh, without any big information yeah. on Tyler O'Neill, let's just talk about in general. Let's say he's you know it's not a big setback. He you know he'll be back in two weeks. What are you doing with guys like this who we drafted thinking that they were going to be solid members of our team? They have that upside to be a difference maker, but they haven't done it yet. Are you waiting for them to Marcus Simeon it and figure it out? Are you taking what you can get in a trade? Are you just letting them ride the pine until they do figure it out, or or are you potentially cutting them and you know it's time to move on? Uh, well, I think it depends on the player. Uh, O'Neal, I have this feeling that O'Neal is going to – this is a lost season for him. I, I don't see – I don't have any hope for Tyler O'Neal anymore, unfortunately. I mean, he can be – he can come back and do really well in the second half, but personally, I don't I don't think it's going to happen. I think uh, I think we're looking at a lost season for him. Um, our, uh, our bullpen guy, J.K.J., brought up an interesting thing where he was saying that he thinks uh, he's also a Cardinals fan and he thought uh, Tyler O'Neill was working out too much and he needed to do more like more yoga, like Aaron judge. I don't know if JKJ is a trainer. So I, I, I don't know how, I don't know how far that, I don't know how far that information is going to take us, but I think, uh, I think he might have, he might have a point. I mean, Tyler O'Neill was, re- I mean, he's super like, I mean, he's like a muscle on top of a muscle. <laughs> he's like, he's like Popeye with like when he flexes. There's like little muscles that go up his arm. So I mean, maybe there's something to that. I don't know. I, I we're not gonna we're not gonna fix Tyler O'Neill on this podcast. And even if we did, he ain't listening to find out. So it doesn't matter. I think Tyler O'Neill is probably droppable if he is if this tear. Is is uh, you know if it's a if it's it comes back and the tear is going to be an actual like n- longer on the IL and a setback. I think he's probably droppable, but you know I would hold for now until we hear from uh, hear more news. I don't think it's going to be good news to be honest. And and even if he does come back, I've sort of moved on mentally from Tyler O'Neill for this season. I still like him in general for like a dynasty or a keeper league, but. I think, unfortunately, I think this is going to be a lost season for him. Yeah, I uh, I don't feel great about it either. Um, I just I really don't know what to do with him at this point because the numbers don't look promising either. I mean, everything everything kind of looks as though he regressed from last year, but now we're not even get we may not even get to see it. Um, I'm going to throw a few different names at you, Gray, of guys who are kind of in this bucket though that aren't necessarily injured right now, but are are. Struggling, there were higher draft picks. Uh, Nick Castellanos, I mean, he's been fine. He's been fine, but not what you drafted. Like, are you just dropping him and using an outfield spot to stream potentially, or is he just where is some, he's somebody you just have to stick in your lineup? Yeah, no, I think uh, Castellanos is a, a hold, but I think you also have to assume the worst as far as his power coming back. I, I think he's. Uh, you know, Castellanos, I, I joke that Castellanos is Greek, and I don't think he's really Greek, but he has taken on the Greek persona of Nick Markakis, <laughs> <laughs> which, is not, which is not good. 
so yeah, I'm holding Castellanos, but I'm not. I don't have high hopes for him, unfortunately. Yeah, I. You know, it, it's always been one of those things where, like, I was always hesitant to say, uh, you know, Nick Castellanos is, is is somebody that I'm targeting. It always felt like he was kind of a little up and down. And then I feel like last year kind of solidified it, and now now we're paying for having said he solidified it. Uh, hard hit rates down. Everything else is kind of in line, though. So I don't know. I I think uh, I think you're right. He's a hold, but if if you're in a, a shallow league and you you need to make a decision on him, I don't mind moving on. Uh, I think you can kind of get his production from the wire, even if he does kind of pick it back up. I mean, what are we talking? It's it's kind of in that like. Um, you know, 10 to 15 home run range, like we were talking, like unless he's going to provide some average with it or a good number of runs and RBIs, what does it really matter? Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think, uh, you know, he's in a solid lineup in the uh, three hole, uh, more or less, I think, uh, most games. So, I mean, that probably alone is worthwhile. Um, Let me see, actually. Uh, uh, Give me one second. Uh, Castellanos is, yeah, he's at like 140 overall on the player rater. So yeah, I mean that's that's a hold yeah. in most leagues. Uh, you have to assume he's going to be a little bit better than that going forward. Maybe not, maybe not a top 50 overall guy, but I mean even if he's around like a hundred overall, that's not bad. I mean it's worth holding. I think. Uh, but I agree with you on his numbers. His like peripherals don't look great. Like you know, he's you know, I was joking about Nick Markakis, but I mean he's not far off from that as of right now. Like his numbers look kind of like ah. I uh I said to I said to sell him uh uh in a buy sell like I don't know, maybe a month ago, maybe six weeks ago. I was I haven't changed my opinion on that at all. Like, I, if you can get anything for, if anyone out there is like has Castellanos and they're in a league where you know, like someone isn't paying attention and they just hear Nick Castellanos and they think like last year's Castellanos, then I would I would definitely try and move them if I could. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, in, in five out, outfielder leagues, you, you definitely have five outfielders better than him. Um, but like in three outfielder leagues and points leagues, I could I could see it. Um, but yes, you're right. 140 overall on the player rater. That's probably not cut worthy. More of a hold. Let him let him stay in your lineup. He can fight outfielder leagues, or if you really are stacked in the outfield, he can kind of sit on the bench and see if he gets it together. Let's talk about Brandon Lowe. Yeah, he's I, he's Oof. a cut for me. He has been I think bad. He was cut. Yeah, he's he's a cut. More because of like the injury thing. I think uh, I think he's just been banged up, and you know that goes back to like Chris Bryant too, because you know uh, Brandon Lau Brandon Lau has had uh, back issues, so that's not good, and it's not you know I don't think it's going to get better. He's actually still on the IL, so if you still have him, I mean. Are you paying attention? <laughs> I think I think you could lose a man. Uh, yeah, I would I would lose a Lau. Who else you got? Uh, Max Muncy. Oh yeah, he's been bad. He's been too. so bad. I don't have any he's of so them, bad. but he's been so yeah, bad. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I, I. This is these are some of the guys that actually 
smartly avoided this year. <laughs> I, I wasn't in on uh, any of the ones you've mentioned so far. And Muncie, I, I think Muncie was injured going into the season, and I don't think that's gotten better. So, yeah, I think you can move on from Muncie. I, in, in most leagues, like most mixed leagues at least, I wouldn't be holding Muncie. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I never really understood. I know there was like that optimism. Good good reports came about out about the injury, but uh, that always seemed like an injury that was going to take more time than people were predicting. Uh, and since since you had to say that about you know none of these guys being high ownership for you, I have to bring this up. Uh, Jonathan India. Oh 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 oh! I have a uh, the knife in my back. <laughs> oh. Oh, at two, B-Don. <laughs> what are you? Jonathan has been awful. You know what? It's like he has been so terrible <laughs> that even if he has a good second half, his year his year numbers are going to look terrible. <laughs> He's been so bad. He's been like off the charts. Just, oh, my God. Looking at his stats as of the recording of this, he has three homers, 11 runs, and 12 RBIs on the year, bro. I have guys on my team who have had better games. <laughs> <laughs> I think Michael Harris the second has had a better game than that. I mean, oh, my God. Yeah, India's terrible. The I think, though, okay, so here's, oh my, <laughs> here's my optimism. He's a, since he is a great park, He's on top of the lineup. He's le- he's still leading off. He's still he's healthy, uh, according to like you know last reports. We'll see how far that goes. Uh, yeah, I mean I'm holding India uh, in all the leagues I have him. I think even in a if he were available in a 12 team mixed league, I probably would even pick him up just because of the potential. Is still there, I think, uh, for him to have a, a really solid second half. I think, uh, you know, even maybe like optimistically, best case scenario, realistic. This is being as realistic <laughs> as I can. You're still only looking at like 10 homers and a 280 average with maybe a handful of maybe like three steals. So, you know, I mean, it's like my as optimistic as I'm being, he's still probably replaceable in most shallower mixed leagues, but yeah, I'm holding him still, unfortunately. I'm Tupac committed at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean ten and five with the two sixty, two seventy average is definitely within the realm of possibility if he figures it out. Just the numbers aren't aren't looking good as far as him figuring it out. I, I guess I'll say in the in the uh, looking at the bright side, you know, of, of Jonathan Indy and hoping for, for things to come come around, um, you know, his two home runs have come in the last two weeks. So maybe there's there's something that he's starting to figure out. Um, and I think he actually had one today. So I think he may be up to he, three. He did. Yeah, he's up to three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he has three homers, the same as uh, Jack Slowinski in one game. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. All right, so India up to three in two weeks, but yes. Are, are you holding him, Gray? We're, we're somewhat adding him you know, honestly, hesitantly. I, no, I'm holding Yeah, no, I'm, I'm 100% okay. holding him, like I okay. said. But, you know, um, honestly, if he has a bad second half, I – 
I would start to be concerned in Dynasty and like if this is like a Keiston Herrera type sidetrack to his career. Like that's how I mean, that's how sideways this has gone so far this year. Like this could be a situation where he never comes back from this. Hopefully he does. Like and hopefully hopefully he has a good second half and we can be optimistic about next year because right now, like if he has a bad second half, I don't think I'm going to be back in next year. I, I, I don't think I could put myself through this torture again. <laughs> well, if he has a bad second half, he'll be like free next year. So I'll probably be back in just, just yeah, because of draft well, costs. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, the Fair thing enough. that worries me is that he's not walking. Uh, you know, it's something he's always right. done. He's always walked. And he's not walking. Like, he's not striking out, which is great. He's not having that. Because that, Kesson, you could kind of see. Like, he was always like a 30% K-rate guy in the majors, at least. Like, he was he was always supposed to have this great hit tool and great eye. But in the majors, he was always been a 30% K-rate guy. I mean, India was a, you know, a 23% K-rate guy in his rookie year. A 22% in his rookie season. So, I, I feel like, like he's not going to bomb out. He's not going to just... Be a be a Keston where he's going to get in, go to the minors for like two seasons and then come back and be a, a platoon guy. Um, but I'm just worried about he's just not hitting the ball with authority right now. It's kind of kind of what Tyler O'Neill's doing. Like for all the muscles that Tyler O'Neill has, he's just not hitting the ball with authority like he was. Um, India's India's not really that guy. He's never going to be like a exit velocity leader. He's counting on you know the fact that he controls the bat the bat well. He he plays in a great park. So, you know, I think there's still some upside here. I'm not giving up. I think 10-5, 260 is still in play, but um, we need him to turn around. numbers are so wild. India's numbers are, like, so wild. Like, I was – while you were talking, I was looking at, like, his uh, plate discipline, and his, like, O-swing went from 22% to 30%. And like you said with, like – the walks, like, what is going on yeah. with that man? I just feel like, like he's not seeing it. Are we like, are we, like in the in the off season? Is gonna are we gonna hear reports that he needs to have like LASIK surgery? Like, what's up, man? <laughs> are you seeing, bro? Yo, are you seeing this? <laughs> you say India, look at, come here for a second. Can you see this barn? Because it's right in front of you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll swing up, I'll swing up almost ten percent, or up almost over seven percent. Uh, first strike rate up over uh, almost ten percent up. So yeah, I think there's just like a visual problem here where he's just not seeing it. I, but yes, yeah, so that may not get fixed this year. Um, three home runs in fourteen days does have me feeling a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Let's talk about somebody who's not struggling, please, please. Julio Rodriguez, number fourteen on the play radar. For rest of season for Rudy, I mean, he's. I think he's currently number six, number four on the on the current player rater. Uh, seven. Seven. Okay. Um, I mean, he's he's looked amazing. He's got he's got fifteen home runs, twenty one stolen bases, fifty runs, forty three RBIs, two seventy four, three thirty five, four eighty. Let's talk about where we have him rest of season, and then I mean, kind of in that yeah. same breath where he fits in. 2023, I mean, he looks amazing. The numbers are great. There's What's there not to like about this guy? <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. Um, I mean, if you have to, like, if, if you have to try and find stuff, I guess his strikeouts are a little high and his walks are a little low. But, I mean, 
you know, all within reason for a rookie. I, yeah, I, I mean, there's not a ton to not like. I think he could, he could potentially be a top ten guy for me overall next year. <laughs> like it's, I, I don't know, man. His, he looks great, and it's also like he's stealing so much, and that's such a, you know, it's so rare in today's game to get a guy who can steal and hit for power. So. Yeah, I mean, if he ends the year, like right now he's on pace for a 25-35 season. If he has a 25-35 season, how is he any different than like Tatis or Acuna, you know? It's like, it's it's going to be hard. Or, um, you know, best case scenario, uh, Trey Turner or like Bichette, I guess. Uh, even though I think Bichette's power is down a little bit from that. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I think Julio Rodriguez is going to be – he's going to be near top 10 overall guy, if not even higher than that. It's going to be hard to – if he has a second half like his first half, it's going to be hard to deny it. I mean, he looks good, brah. Yeah. <laughs> he looks really good. And he's he's not having trouble hitting the ball with authority. Like, he is hitting bombs right now. He is squaring balls up. I mean, everything looks great on him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how he's – not in the top ten, maybe top five, top three uh, next season. I mean, if we're talking about I mean, Tatis I'm not playing all season, like, if you're looking at a, if you're him or or Juan Soto, yeah, I think I'd rather have him in a, in a Roto fantasy, like no question. Um, as great as Juan Soto is, like if we're if we're asking, like I have to pick one to build the Cubs franchise around, I'll take Soto. But like to build a fantasy team, I'll take Julio Rodriguez. All right, I know. Like even looking at like Julio Rodriguez's homer per fly ball, he's not. It's not even that high. It's at nineteen percent right now. I mean, that's not that high. And he's got like, you know, I mean, maybe he he's a little bit too many ground balls, but it's not even that bad. I don't. Yeah, I mean, everything looks really good. <laughs> I love him. I love him. God damn it, I love him. Yeah, I mean, he's out here hitting, like, 440-foot bombs. Like, the, the power is not going away. He may he may dip a little bit, and if he hits some struggles, but, like, he's going to he's gonna continue to hit the ball with authority. I have no, no concerns yeah. about that. Uh, let's talk about a couple of pitchers who have had strong starts back-to-back. Spencer Strider and Tristan McKenzie. Strider has three straight starts, allowing one earned run over those three 30 Ks and 18 innings. On the season, he has 65 and two-thirds innings, 102 Ks, a 39.1% K rate, a 9.6% walk rate, 260 ERA, 0.97 whip. I mean, he's been he's been great, Gray. Uh, is Spencer Strider the next fantasy ace? Mm, or the next Tuki Toussaint. Mm. <laughs> you really hate yeah. Braves pitchers. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'd like the Braves pitchers if they didn't have a, a great one come a- out, out of the woodwork every two months and then disappear just as quickly. <laughs> I uh, Yeah, I think Strider, I mean, the the times I've seen him, you know, the, the trouble with me with Strider and a lot of these, like, Braves prospect pitchers, they're never really that highly touted. And then they come up and they do so much better. And then they do a lot worse. <laughs> and, and then they never really find their footing. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know where I am with Strider, like uh, long term. 
I think probably, I mean, he, he looks great. Like as far as strikeouts go, he's always struck out a lot of guys in the minor league. So it, this isn't necessarily coming out of nowhere. His command is so wonky though, that I do worry that like it could go sideways at some point and he could be like a bit of a mess. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I like, honest, obviously I'm rostering him in every league <laughs> where I can right now. I mean, that goes without saying, but long-term, uh, I don't know. I mean, his, his command is still a little bit wonky. So he's got to, he's got to hold like a 13 plus K per nine to balance a three and a half to four walk rate. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not bad. You know, even like if you look at it, like his XFIP is two four one. So obviously he's pitching really well. I think for this year, you know, I'd worry a little bit about innings because like he didn't throw that many innings uh, last year. Uh, I think it, it looks like roughly doing the math, it looks like about ninety innings last year. So he's at and he's at sixty five and a two thirds now. Mm, so maybe he can go to like one ten. 120. So, you know, you're looking at about another 55 to 60 innings, which is, you know, I mean, I, again, I would take him everywhere. I have no problem uh, grabbing him and holding him as long as he's pitching well. I do worry a little bit about the command for the long term, though. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see him running this command issues where he just kind of hits a period where guys aren't swinging at the stuff out of the zone because he can't keep it in the zone. But for now, he looks amazing. Um, I, I mean, I, I love everything about every 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 start that I've seen of his. Uh, let's talk about, would you take him or uh, second half notable fall-offer, Joe Musgrove? Oh, I, I definitely take Musgrove. Okay. I, I, I think, uh, you know, just because Musgrove's a lock for... 85 plus innings where, you know, I, I don't, like I said with Strider, I don't know if we're going to get 60 plus. So yeah, I go Musgrove because I think Musgrove while, while I do worry about Musgrove's second half uh, splits uh, career wise, I do think Musgrove can be rosterable. If not, you know, decent, maybe not the ace that we've seen in the first half. That's that's all with Musgrove, I think. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, to get into that territory, I, I mean, Strider's absolutely amazing, but he, he does need the innings in the second half to kind of get into that top pitcher area. Although the Ks, Ks may just carry him, honestly. Uh, let's talk about Tristan McKenzie real quick. Uh, six innings, uh, 13 innings in the last two starts, no earned runs. 11 Ks. He does have six walks. He had a, a little bit of a command issue in the Royals game, although he, again, zero earned, four Ks in that game. Um, what are you doing with Tristan McKenzie? He's had he's had a solid season. The K rate has not been quite as high as maybe, you know, his fans were expecting me being one of them. Um, Twenty Slightly under 23% walks, 7.5%. So down from last year, um, a little bit. What are we thinking with Tristan McKenzie? Is he a a must hold? Is he a, a streamer? Um, I mean, I, I think he's probably earned at least a roster spot at this point. Yeah, no, definitely a roster spot. You know, I, actually, uh, many people don't know this, but in his high school play, he played the part of the feather in Forrest Gump. Uh, <laughs> or, yeah, <laughs> he's uh, he is uh, quite thin. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, you know, I think he's fine. He feels like uh, I actually I liked him going into this year too. I didn't draft him anywhere. I don't think. But that wasn't because I didn't like him. I just I don't know where he ended up going, but it just he didn't go to me. Uh, I yeah, I feel like his numbers looking at them, they're sort of like a, you know, a back end mix, a, a shallow mixed league back end guy, like decent, definitely worth holding on to. But like, you know, there's going to be times when I think like a Jake Odorizzi stream will be better than a Tristan McKenzie start. Like there's, there's going to be uh, games where I would be like, yeah, I, I don't think McKenzie's a, a good start for like this week or something. So he's good. I'm not quite a streamer, but bordering on it. If he doesn't get his case up a little bit. Okay. That's fair. And, and a guy, I think I it kind of uh, reminds me of him, at least in, in the results and um, in, in the height a little bit. Would you rather him or Tywan Walker? Uh, Walker. Okay. And I think I'd go Walker just because... Uh, actually, you know what? You know what? I'm going to go Tristan because uh, I expect Tywan Walker will probably, you know, hurt himself playing video games or something this weekend and, and be out for the season because that's how it goes with Tywan Walker. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go ahead and move over to the bullpens, Gray. Uh, you want to talk about some of the news and some of the things that have happened this this week in the bullpens? Uh, yeah, they uh, down in Texas, the uh, Rangers replaced Joe Barlow because he only had a zero point nine nine WHIP and like a, a barely three ERA. I mean, what's going on there, man? Like, what? Like, that's. That's what you want to do with your, like, is that Chris Woodward? Hey, man, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> like, what? Why was Barlow replaced? Because he had two bad outings back to back? It's, like, ridiculous, man. It's so frustrating. So, Brett Martin, um, or, or unless because he's on the Texas Rangers, uh, Brett Martin. <laughs> no, I, I think it's Martin. Uh, anyway, Brett Martin had a uh, he got the last two saves. Um, well, he got he got Friday and Saturday saves. I don't know if someone got one on Sunday. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's the guy right now. Seems really kind of silly that Barlow is replaced. I mean, talk about a blow to a guy's confidence. Like what? Like, so dumb. Anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, I guess Martin is the guy there. Um, in Philly, it looks like Kniebel. It looks like Rob Tom, uh, Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20 wants Kniebel to be the closer again. So <laughs> so there's that, I guess. Um, Will Smith, A.J. Minter, is kind of – they're kind of split in time. And uh, <coughs> Trevino in Oakland looks like he's getting most of the save ops. But he's like – I, I feel like he's almost 100% guaranteed getting traded. I, I doubt Trevino is in Oakland past the de- the deadline. But that doesn't mean I really want anyone in Oakland, <laughs> even if Trevino's not there. I guess if Jimenez returns, then he's fine. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, Paul Seawold uh, in uh, Seattle, 
looks like he's finally pulling away with the job kind of in Seattle. Uh, but, you know, as soon as we say that, like Diego Castillo will, will get the saves or something. Yeah, he got one, I think, this weekend, actually. Uh, although uh, Sewell had been pitched in back-to-back games. So it was kind of a an understood, you know, why Castillo's in there. But, yes, Seattle, as soon as we think we figured them out, they swap it out on us. <laughs> Uh, I don't really understand the bottle thing. Low-key, Texas actually has a really solid pin this year. Um, so really, any number of guys I think could step in and close. But it does seem a little bit over-necessary or maybe just a little anxious to, yeah. to swap well, him out that oh, quick. Yeah, a little bit overreactive. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see what happens in Texas. I wouldn't be dropping Barlow yet. I think eventually he, you know, they they end up giving him the job back. But for now, Brett Martin and Dennis Santana are, are potential saves uh, guys for you in your leagues. Let's talk about some guys on waivers and let's get out of here, Gray. Uh, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Wilmer Flores was uh, he homered on Sunday, I believe. Actually, we should. Uh, we should mention: uh, Is Alex Wood still throwing a no hitter, or should we uh, should we do a whole segment about Alex Wood's no hitter and then like cut it in if it happens? If it happens, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, Wilmer Flores homered on Sunday. Uh, that was his second homer of the weekend, I believe. So that's a you know sounds like a hot bat there. Um, Ryan Jeffers, similar situation. Two homers the past weekend. Uh, Derek Hall. Over in uh, Philly, he's been he's been hot since he got called up. Uh, you know that kind of goes back to the Jonathan Arenada uh, situation, where it's like instead of looking for the best prospect, just look for the guy who's hot. Um, uh, Josh Rojas, as I mentioned earlier, uh, as a replacement as a Wander Franco, Josh Rojas has been a little bit hot. Uh, Jose Miranda, I actually picked up Jose Miranda. Uh, I think in. Uh, in a 15-team mixed league just the other day because he's been really hot. I think he's, uh, like, top 30 on uh, the seven-day player Raider. And um, Daniel Vogelback bringing Jelly back. Ugh. Yeah, he's uh, he's been hot as well. So there's that. Yeah, and I wanted to mention, because uh, we talked about these two guys off the top, is it's Jonathan Aranda. It's A-R-A-N-D-A. Uh, if you listen to Gray's pronunciation, you may be going a little Arenado with an A on the end. It's Aranda. <laughs> and then it's yeah. it's B-R-A-Y-A-N for Brian. It doesn't, it's B-R-A-Y-A-N. It's Bello or Bayo is B-E-L-L-O. Uh, so just so you know, when you go search your leagues, I, I always... You know, I wanted to let you know because pronunciation is not our thing at the Rasball Fantasy Baseball <laughs> Podcast. Uh, which you can follow us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Rasball Fantasy. Also, Twitter at Rasball for Gray, at Rasbedon for me. You can go to TikTok or Instagram, Rasball Fantasy. Anything else, Gray? Uh, no. All right. Later, everybody. See you next week. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.